Welcome to Zichud Daf Simanim Rabbi Avram Goldhari, and here we're Zechus Yuma Daf Membav, the fourth parak Tarpakalpi. So the three daps are going to focus on number one. We learned on Daf Mem Hey Amadaf that Rebbe Meir held that an additional morach was set up daily on the Mizbech for burning the limbs and fats that were not consumed at night. In Argamori here, Rebbe Lezer said in the name of Bar Kapara that Rebbe Meir was saying the following: Every Ola Shini Tos regarding the limbs of the Ola that were left over from the previous night, Oslan Marach Mifnei Asma Vesodin Afil B'Shabbos. One makes a sepah for them and arranges them upon it, and even on Shabbos. The Gemara asks what Bar Kabbalah is teaching, given that an explicit mission state the requirement for a fourth maracha. And Rabbi Avina answers, This clause is needed only to teach that the fourth maracha is set up even for invalid parts that are left over. But this is only if the fire has already taken hold of the invalid parts. However, if the fire has not yet taken hold of them, a special maracha is not set up for them. Rashi explains that this is only upon becoming singed that the parts are considered the bread of the mizbech. Others understand that this qualification applies to valid parts as well. Point number two, after knowing that Barkapar and Rava agree that we kindle an additional morach on Shabbos to burn the leftover weekday parts, the Gemara brings Rav Huna's opinion that the beginning of the Shabbos Tamid, referring to a shechita and offering of its parts, is Docha Shabbos, but the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. We see that Rav Huna holds that the parts of the weekday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos. The more brings the Malchokas regarding what is meant by Inadocha. Rav Chisah said, Docha is a Shabbos, Inadocha is a Tumah. This means that although the end of the Tamid is Docha Shabbos, it's not Docha Tumah. Although we generally override Tumah restrictions for the sake of the Tamid, the mere burning of its parts is not significant enough to warrant this. Rabbah said that Rehuna means Docha is a Tumah, Inadocha is a Shabbos. Although the burning of the Tamid is Docha Tumah, the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. Although the parts of the Tamid are burned in a state of Tuma, the parts of the Friday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos, for their burning doesn't warrant being Docha Shabbos. And point number three was stated, Hamechabe Ish Machdu Menorah, with regard to one extinguishes the fire of the Machdu, the Ketor Shabbos, or the Menorah. Abai says one is Chayv, and Rabbi says he's Pater. The more clarifies that they agree that one is Chayv if he extinguished the coal at the top of the Mizbech. They disagree in a case when he took it down to the ground and extinguished it there. Abai said he is chayv, Esha Mizbeach, who the coal is considered the fire of the Mizbeach. Rav says he's putter, came into nitka nitka, because once it's removed from the Mizbeach, it was removed. It's no longer considered Esha Mizbeach. So once again, the three points are number one. We were on daf mem hey amadav that Rebbe Mer held that an additional maracha was set up daily on the Mizbeach for burning the limbs and fats that were not consumed at night. In our Gemara here, Rebbe Lezer said in the name of Bar Kapar that Rebbe Mer was saying the following, Avery Oshini Tosru, regarding the limbs of the old that were left over from the previous night, one makes a separate maracha for them and arranges them upon it, and even on Shabbos. The Gemara asks, what Bar Kapar is teaching, given that an explicit mission stated the requirement for a fourth maracha, and we have an answer is, this clause is needed only to teach that the fourth maracha is set up even for invalid parts that are left over. But this is only if the fire has already taken hold of the invalid parts. However, if the fire has not yet taken hold of them, a special maracha is not set up for them. Rashi explains that it's only upon becoming singed that the parts are considered the bread of the Mizbech. Others understand that this qualification applies to valid parts as well. Point number two, after knowing that both Bar Kapar and Rav agree that we kindle an additional maracha on Shabbos to burn the leftover weekday parts, the Gemara brings Rav Huna's opinion that the beginning of the Shabbos Tamid referring to a shechita and offering up of its parts is Docha Shabbos, but the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. We see that Rav Huna holds that the parts of the weekday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos. The Gemara brings the Malchokas regarding what is meant by Eina Docha. Rav Chisa said, Docha is a Shabbos, Veina Docha is a Tumah. 
This means that although the end of the Tamid is Docha Shabbos, it's not Docha Tumah. Although we generally override tumor restrictions for the sake of the Tamid, the mere burning of its parts is not significant enough to warrant this. Rabbi said that Rav Huna means Docha is a Tumah, but in a Docha is a Shabbos. Although the burning of the Tamid is Docha Tumah, the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. Although the parts of the Tamid are burned in a state of Tumah, the parts of the Friday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos, for their burning doesn't warrant being Docha Shabbos. And point number three, it was stated, with regard to one that extinguishes the fire of the Machta, the Ketorah Shabbos, or the Menorah, Abai says one is Chayev, and Rav says he's Pater. The Gemara clarifies that they agree that one is Chayev if he extinguished the coal at the top of the Mizbeach. They disagree in a case where he took it down to the ground and extinguished it there. Abai said he's Chayev Eish HaMizbeachu. The coal is considered the fire of the Mizbeach. Rav says he's Pater. came with the Nitka Nitka because once it's removed from the Mizbeach, it was removed. It's no longer considered Eish HaMizbeach. All right, so now we go to Sim for Daf Mem Vav, and our standard simon is a cow, cow going moo. So here goes. The Kohen carrying the singed, invalid cow parts to the special fourth maracha, who was told it wasn't permitted to do so with the Friday Tamid on Shabbos, almost stepped on and extinguished coals that had been removed from the Mizbeach. Once again, it's a motion. The Kohen carrying the singed, invalid cow parts, cow parts, that must be more in Daf Mem Vav. The cow carrying the singed invalid cow parts to the special fourth maracha, which reminds us we learned of Memhei Amadav, the Rebbe held that an additional maracha was set up daily on the Mizbech for bringing the limbs and fats that weren't consumed at night. So in our Gemara here, Rebbe Raza said in the name of our Kapara, the Rebbe was saying the following, Avrei Ola Shinitosu, regarding the limbs of the Ola that were left over from the previous night, one makes a separate maracha for them and arranges them upon it, and even on Shabbos. So the Gemara asks what Bar Kabar is teaching, given that an explicit mission state the requirement for a fourth maracha. And Rabbi Avin answers, the clause is needed only to teach that the fourth maracha is set up even for invalid parts that are left over. But this is only if the fire has already taken hold of the invalid parts. However, if the fire had not yet taken hold of them, a special maracha is not set up for them. Rashi explains that it's only upon becoming singed that the parts are considered the bread of the Mizbech. Others understand this qualification applies to valid parts as well. So the cone carrying the singed invalid cow parts to the special fourth maracha, who was told it wasn't permitted to do so with the Friday Tamid on Shabbos, which reminds us after knowing that both Barkabat and Rava agree that we kindled the initial maracha on Shabbos to burn the leftover weekday parts. The Gemara brings Rapunas' opinion that the beginning of the Shabbos Tamid, referring to a chita and offering up of its parts, is Docha Shabbos, but the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. So we see that Rav Huna holds that parts of the weekday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos. The Gemara brings them out wondering what is meant by Inadocha. Rav Chissa said, it's Docha Shabbos ve Inadocha Satuma. This means that although the end of the Tamid is Docha Shabbos, it's not Docha Tuma. Although we generally override the tumor restrictions for the sake of the Tamid, the mere burning of its parts is not significant enough to warrant this. Rav said that Rav Huna meant Docha Satuma ve Inadocha Shabbos. Although the burning of the Tamid is Docha Tuma, the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. Although the parts of the Tamid are burned in a state of Tuma, the parts of the Friday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos, for their burning doesn't warrant being Docha Shabbos. So the cone carrying the cinch invalid cow parts to the special fourth Maracha, who was told it wasn't permitted to do so with the Friday Tamid on Shabbos, almost stepped on and extinguished coals that had been removed from the Mizbeach. Which reminds us, it was stated, with regard to one who extinguishes the fire of the Machta, the Ketor Shavu, or the Menorah, Abai says, one is Chayev, and Rav says, he's Pat. The Gemara clarifies that they agree that one is Chayev if he extinguished the coal at the top of the Mizbeach. They disagree in a case when he took it down to the 
the grant and extinguish it there. Abai said he's chayv, Eisha Mizbeach, the call is considered the fire of the Mizbeach. Rava says he's patr, came in the nitka nitka, because once it's removed from the Mizbeach, it was removed. It's no longer considered Eish HaMizbeach. So once again, the Kohen carrying the singed invalid cow parts to the special fourth Maracha, who was told it wasn't permitted to do so with the Friday Tamid on Shabbos, almost stepped on and extinguished coals that had been removed from the Mizbeach. All right, now it's time to go to our four blah back Hazara. Daf Membeis. So the Simmer Daf Membeis is a mobster. So here goes. The non-Kohen mobster. Mobster? That must be one Daf Membeis. The non-Kohen mobster who was thrilled that he was able to shecht the Paraduma, which reminds us, the Rav Yitzhak said that he heard from his teachers the distinction between two shechitas, that of the Paraduma and that of the part of the Kohen of Yom Kippur, where one of the kosher done by Azar and the other is not, but he didn't know which one was valid. After the more clarifies that Rav holds that the Paraduma is possible if it's shechted by Azar, and Shmuel holds that it's the Kohen Gadol's part that becomes possible, the Gemara challenges each opinion since they use similar words in the Psukim to support their rulings. The Gemara challenges Shmuel as to why he holds the Paraduma's kosher if the shechita is done by Azar, and answers that in the case of the Paraduma, the Pasuk states, V'shachot osalofanov, and he shall slaughter it in front of him, referring to Lazar. So this implies Zar shochet v'lazeroa, that Azar shechs the Paraduma while Lazar watches. According to Rav, who holds that Lazar was the one who shechted the Paraduma, the Pasuk means, Sholyasiach daitum imena, that Lazar, who's the one shechting the Paraduma, shall not divert his attention from it. Rush explains that he must constantly guard it from two and other disqualifications. Shmuel resists him from a different part of the Pasuk. So the non-Kohen mobster who was thrilled that he was able to shecht the Parduma became enraged when he was told the Par is now puzzle because he's no more qualified than a woman. Which reminds me, the more brings the support for Rav that a Parduma shechted by Zara's puzzle from a Bryce which teaches that just as a woman may not do the sprinkling of the Parduma, she can't do the Shechita as well as the other abode is the Parduma. So this implies that just as a woman cannot do the Shechita, similarly Azar may not do the Shechita. The more challenges us given that a woman may not do the Hazar, but Azar can. So perhaps a woman cannot do the shechita, but a czar can. Abai answered that the reason the Brisa disqualifies a woman from the shechita of the Paraduma is from the fact that the Pasuk identified Al-Ghazar for the shechita and not a woman. Similarly, with regard to a czar, we may say Al-Ghazar is specified and not a czar. So the non-Kohen mobster who was thrilled he was able to shecht the Paraduma became enraged when he was told the par is now puzzle because he's no more qualified than a woman and that even his donkey can't walk out with the Paraduma. Which reminds us, Ula did an extensive examination of the Psukim from the Parsha Parduma. As part of his analysis, he says the Pasuk states, Vahotzi Osa, he shal take it out to the outside of the camp, which teaches Yotzi Acheres Ima, that he shall not take another cow with it. As it was learned in the Mishnah Par, if the Parduma did not want to go out, we don't take a black one with it, so people should not say they shechted the black one for the Avoda. And they don't take out even a red one with it, so the people shouldn't say they shechted two of them. Rush explains that the Shechita of the second one, together with the first one, would constitute an accompanying different activity which would invalidate the Par Shechita. Revi says this is not the reason, but rather because the Pasuk says, Osa, Levada, he shall take it out, which implies it alone. The Tanakamu didn't learn this Rush as Revi Shimon. It was Darish time of the cry. He expounds the rationale of the Pasuk. The Nafkamina between them is taking out a donkey with the cow. According to the Tanakam, it's permitted since the rationale doesn't apply, whereas according to Rebbe, it's forbidden since the Paraduma is not being taken out alone. Daf Mem Gimel. So the Simmer Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The woman placing the ashes of the Paraduma outside the camp found a How to Be Machaper magazine. Magazine? That must be more on Daf Mem Gimel. 
The woman placing the ashes of the Parduma outside the camp, which reminds us that Ulok continues expanding the Psukim about the Parduma. The Pasuk states, Va'asav ish tahor es And a man who is tahor shall gather the ash of the cow, and he shall place it outside the camp in a tahor place. Ish l'hakshir sa'azar. The specification of man comes to qualify a czar for this procedure. Tahor l'hakshir sa'isha. The specification of tahor comes to qualify a woman for it. Rashi explains that there's no need to teach that a tame may not gather the ashes. So the woman placing the ashes of the Parduma outside the camp found a How to Be a Machaper magazine with a picture of a Kongado after his first vidui on his par, which reminds the mission state the Kongado then comes to the bowl a second time and confesses. The Gemara asks, why is it different that in the case of the first vidui that he doesn't say, and in the second vidui he says it? The Gemara brings up Raisa that was taught in the Yeshiva of Ishmael to answer the question. Logic dictates better that an innocent one should come to gain kapara for the guilty one, rather than a guilty one should come to gain kapara for the guilty one. So the woman placing the ashes of the Parduma outside the camp found a how to be Machapra magazine with a picture of a Kongado after his first vidui on his par, comfortably walking down the center of the Mizbeach ramp. Which reminds the next mission says every day Kohanim send the Mizbeach on the eastern side of the ramp and descend on his western side. Rashi explains that the luck requires the one who ascends his back to turn towards the right at the top. If the cone would climb up the left side of the ramp, he would need to cross the ramp at the top, and that would be unseemly to needlessly cross the ramp. The mission continues, But today, the Kongado ascends the center of the ramp and descends in the center. But she explains that each time the Kongado ascends Mizbech, he ascends and descends in the center of the ramp. He thus traverses the entire width of the ramp on each ascent, whether he needs to or not. This display of familiarity demonstrates the Kosh Baruch great love for the Jewish people. The reason the Kongado is permitted to cross the ramp for no purpose is because he's the Jewish people's shaliach. His act is symbolic of the unique relationship between the Kosh Baruch and the Jewish people. Rehuda says the Kongado always ascends and descends in the center. Daf Memdalad. So the simmer Daf Memdalad is mud. So here goes. Holy mud, mud. That must be more than Daf Memdalad. Holy mud was placed outside the Heichel, preventing anyone from entering while the Kongado brought Katoris, which reminds the Gemara brought a Bryce that introduced a prohibition against someone occupying the Heichel while the Katoris is being burned, based on the Pasuk, no person shall be in the Ohomoed, referring to when the Kongado enters the Kosh Kadashim. The Gemara brings a mission from Kaling that states that we must separate from the air between the Ulam and the Mizbeach during the time of the burning of the Katoris. Now this refers to the twice-daily burning of the Katoris in the Heichel. Rabbi Lazar said the Rabban only taught this law in regard to the burning of the Katoris in the Heichel. The Rabban feared that one standing there might unthinkingly enter the Heichel during that time, which is forbidden him in the Raisa. But regarding the time of burning the Katoris in the Kashkadoshim, we must separate from the Heichel, but there's no need to separate from the air between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. Rashi explains that the Kodesh is relatively distant from the space between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. The Rabban were not fearful that one's awareness of bringing the Katoris and the Kodesh will move someone to enter the Heichel. So, holy mud was placed outside the Heichel, preventing anyone from entering while the Kongado brought Katoris, that is Mechaperis for Lashon Hora, which reminds us, the Gemara asks if burning the Katoris actually atones, and answers that it does, Rabbi Hanani taught a brisa, which say that we've learned the Katoris is Mechaperis, as it says in the puzzle regarding the aftermath of Korok's rebellion, V'yitanes the Katoris, V'yichapra al-am, and he Aaron placed the Katoris and atoned for the people. And a brisa was taught in Yeshiva Rabbi Shmuel, Amal Katoris Mechaperis, what does the Katoris atone? Al-Lashon Hora, for the sin of Lashon Hora. 
This refers to the people accusing Moshe and Oron from being responsible for the death of Korach and his followers. Yavo Davar let something that is offered in private, the Katoris, atone for an act committed in private, referring to the Lashon Hora. Rashi explains that Lashon Hora is generally spoken in private, even though in this specific instance, it was said publicly. So, holy mud was placed outside the Heichel, preventing anyone from entering while the Kohen Gadol brought Katoris, that is Mechaperis for Lashon Hora, in on the golden shovel he used to scoop the coals. Which reminds the Mishnah of Mem Gimel stated that every day the Kohen would scoop up the coals with a silver shovel and then pour the coals into a gold shovel. The Gemara explains the reason for the two shovels is the Torah Chasa Mamon Yisrael. The Torah was concerned with the Jewish people's money. Rush explains that we too must be concerned for it and therefore we do not use a gold shovel for scooping up the coals lest it become ruined. The Mishnah continues by Yom But today on Yom Kippur the Kohen Galo scoops them up with the gold shovel and with it he brings them in. The Gemara says the reason is Mishmachosh of the Kohen Galo. It's because of the weakness of the Kohen Galo. Rush explains that we fear that the extra effort of pouring from one shovel to the next will exhaust them. Daf Mem Hay. So the similar Daf Mem Hay is Monopoly. The Mizbech Monopoly board Monopoly. That must be more than Daf Mem Hay. Ma, Monopoly. The Mizbech Monopoly board with a different Maracha in each corner, which reminds us that the Mishnah on Daf Mem Gemal and Base introduced Malchus regarding how many Marachas were on the Mizbech during the year while all agree that one was added on Yom Kippur for the calls to be used for the Katoris. The Gemara here brings a brace that identifies the purpose of each of the Marachas. According to Behuda, there were two daily Marachas, the Maracha Gadoa, to burn the Kabbonis on, and the second Maracha for the daily Katoris. Rabbi Yosi holds there was an additional Maracha for Kima Eish, maintaining a fire on the Maracha Gadoa. Rashi explains that the fire on the large Maracha was not blazing sufficiently, they had replenished it with burning wood from this fire. Ramiro holds that there was a fourth daily Maracha for Evarim Padarim Shul Nisakuma Be'erib, the limbs and fats that were not consumed at night. Rashi explains that this refers to the limbs and fats that were not placed on the Maracha the previous day for lack of room, or those that were placed on the Maracha but didn't have time to become entirely consumed. The more proceeds to bring the sources for each one. So the Mizbeach Monopoly board, with a different Maracha in each corner, had a pile of wood splinters piled high in the center. Which reminds the more clarifies the Rabbi source for the third Maracha, which was for Kima Eish, maintaining the fire on the Maracha Gadola, is from the Pasuk, that Eish al Mizbech took and the fire on the Mizbech shall be a flame on it. According to Rabbi Yehuda, doesn't require a third Maracha. He explains the Pasuk coming to teach regarding Hatzatzah's Alisa, the kindling of the splinters of wood used to start the Maracha Gadola every morning. This was done by kindling small twigs and splinters and inserting them between the larger boards. Rabbi Yossi derives the law of Hatzatzah Salisa from the same place that Rabbi Shimon derived it from, for it was taught in a Bryce when the Pusik states, But Nasdim bin Aaron HaKohen Eishel Mizbeach, and the sons of Aaron the Kohen shall place fire in the Mizbeach, Rabbi Shimon says, the Pusik is coming to teach that Hatzatzah Salisa Shlote'e El Barosha Shemizbeach, the kindling of the splinters may not be performed except at the top of the Mizbeach, meaning that a Kohen may not ignite the splinters on the floor and then bring them to the Mizbeach. So the Mizbech Monopoly board with a different maracha in each corner had a pile of wood splinters piled high in the center and a community chess card for taking coals for the Yom Kippur Katoris from the Mizbech Chitzon, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a long brace on which the questions raise whether the coals of the Katoris of Yom Kippur are taken from the Mizbech Chitzon, the outer altar, or the Mizbech Zahav. The Torah states, and he shall take a shovelful of fiery coals from upon the Mizbech from before Hashem. The phrase Molifnei Hashem from before Hashem implies that only a part of the Mizbech is before Hashem, but not all of it. Which Mizbech is that? It's Mizbech HaChitzon. Rashi explains that the Mizbech HaZahav is considered completely before Hashem. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus. Three bonus questions from previous Mesechtas. Number one, which stuff when the Rapuna holds that parts of the weekday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos? That's on Duff.
Membav. Good number two. Wait till the one the Kongadus scoops the coals of the gold machta and brings it to the Kodesh Kodashim so he shouldn't become exhausted from pouring from a silver machta into a gold machta. That's on Dav. Memdad. Good. Number three. Which of the one if the Paraduma does not want to go out, one is not permitted to take the second cow with it and it's Malchok because of a donkey made company. That's on Dav. Membez. Good. Number four. Which of the one mutav yavuzach have yechapra alchayv. That's on Dav. Mem Gimel. Good. Number five. Which of the one does a prohibition or want to enter the Heichel and the Kongadals bring the Katoris into the Kosh HaKadoshim? That's on Dav. Mem Dod. Good. Number six. Which of the one the Katoris is Mechaperis on the Aver of Rashan Hara? That's on Dav. Mem Dod. Good. Number seven. Which of the Malchokas, how many Marachas there were on the Mizbech each day of the year? That's on Dav. Mem Hey. Good. Number eight. Which stuff do we make cooks buying rubber whether one is high for extinguishing coals that have been removed from the Mizbeach? That's on Dav. Membav. Good number nine. Which thing on the Rekiva told so meaning that one should not switch from the left hand to the right hand so as not to give the Tzedukim rationale to dominate? That's on Dav. Mem. Good number ten. Which thing on the Rebuta learns that the Pasuk of Vaishal Mizbeach Tukat Bo is coming to teach about Hatzatzah's Alisa? That's on Dav. Mem hey. Great. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which stuff did we learn the source for Tchias and Mesim in a Torah? That's on Dav. Samachesim Sachim. Good. Number two. Which stuff did we learn the topographical simanim for mountains, valleys, streams, and plains? That's on Dav. Nun Gibbon Sachim. Good. And number three. Which stuff did we learn that when someone donates an unspecified amount of ovona, the minimum shear is a comet? That's on Dav. Yud Chesan Shkalim. Excellent. That concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.